The following contest is scheduled for one fall. Please welcome Mr. Fritz. Welcome everybody to episode 29 of the Fretzelmania podcast, only in Canada. I am your favorite Canadian, Mr. Fretz. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Fretzelmania. That's F-R-E-T-Z-L-E mania. This podcast can be heard on Russell Attic Radio, The Cure, for the Common Wrestling Podcast across all common listening platforms. Today, I am talking about Monday Night Raw from May 28th, 2001, and I finally get to talk about an event that took place in my home and native land, my home country of Canada, but in Calgary. You know that it's going to be good. Stay tuned, folks, and please stand for the rest of my national anthem. Now, I don't have a lot in terms of this day or this week in history. I basically already covered it throughout the month, you know, with FMW and AAA and among other things. I did release my 20 Bell Salute on Patreon. That is, that is of course, my 20-year look back on pop culture and pro wrestling, which includes my review of Judgment Day 2001, Shrek, and A Knight's Tale, to name a few things. June is looking to be a historic month and not only the Monday Night Raw side of things, but also King of the Ring is going to be something I'm reviewing. But on Patreon, five bucks a month, folks, you're going to get to listen to me do a live watch along of the street fight between Shane McMahon and Kurt Angle. And of course, review movies like Fast and the Furious. Oh, good God, no. Now, I've only basically watched my retro stuff in wrestling this week. I've told you all I don't talk a lot about modern on, on this podcast. I like to keep the show retro, but I got to shout out a couple of things that I did watch. Uh, one thing was actually on Twitch, and it wasn't Impact Wrestling. It was Game of Ant. You know, that is uh, Ant Stefano, formerly of... Rant with Ant has his own Twitch channel, which I highly recommend you all check out. Every Thursday night, he has G-O-W Enigma. It is his weekly E-Fed where he simulates WWE 2K19. And I've actually been cutting promos for G-O-W. I've been in the corner of Samoa Joe in, in this universe. So the odd time you'll get to hear me uh, attempt to cut a wrestling promo. It's a lot of fun. Uh, Ants, uh, you're, you're the freaking man for doing this. He surprised me with this a couple of weeks ago, by the way. Uh, I used up some points to purchase someone to bring into the show, which you can do as a member and a subscriber to his Twitch channel. You get all that kind of stuff, and it's fun. Wade's on there a lot. Don't shout out to Wade and a whole bunch of other... Uh, <laughs> amazing people. Kyle, you know, hashtag 
blame Kyle, but still, Kyle's pretty cool. I've also been watching a lot of playoff hockey. Y'all know I'm a diehard Toronto Maple Leafs fan. They evened their series up against the Habs last night, winning 5-1. to one. By the time you hear this, I hope they have a decent series lead on them. But, you know, Montreal is a very, very competitive team who get up all in your kitchen and try to poke a little bit at the skill that is at the top end of the Maple Leafs, like Matthews and Marner, Nylander. You're not going to match skill for skill with those guys. If you want to try and stop them, you got to get up in their kitchen, and that's something that players like Josh Anderson can do on the Habs. I would die to have him on my team. I'm actually watching the Carolina Hurricanes and Nashville Predators Game 4 on mute to the TV to the right of me. They're going to double overtime for the second game in a row, recording this on the 23rd on Sunday. This is going to age terribly by the time you hear this, especially with the luck that I have cheering for the Toronto Maple Leafs for these past 30-something years. Now, that's enough about hockey. This ain't a hockey podcast, but because this episode of Raw is taking place in Canada, in Calgary, Alberta, Canada, I had to sneak a little bit of hockey in there as well. This is home of the Calgary Flames, who are my second favorite NHL team. And this very special episode of Monday Night Raw, yes, is of course live from the Calgary Saddle Dome, the home of the Hart family, the home of the Calgary Flames. And it is, of course, the Monday Night Raw following SmackDown where they had a tables, ladders, and chairs three match between Benoit and Jericho, the Hardys, the Dudleys, and Edge and Christian. This is following that up, and my goodness, this was one of the most fun retro Raws I've watched in quite a while, and no, it's not just because it's in Canada, it's partly because it took place in Canada. I mean, come on. My red and white bias is obviously showing. I'm obviously going to be plugging my home here as much as I can. Vince McMahon comes to the ring to mega nuclear heat. And y'all know why Vince gets heat in Canada. We don't need to explain it. We don't need to go back to Montreal. I can't wait till I get to a Raw from Montreal because, my lord, Vince uh, grabs the mic and says that, yeah, You've, you've made me feel at home, like every other American tourist, which also gets mega heat. Keith can't tell. <laughs> Americans ain't popular in Canada sometimes. Maybe American tourists aren't. Who knows? Uh, but please know that this Canadian loves all of my listeners from the United States of America. Vince then encourages his fellow Americans to cross the border and enjoy some Canadian hospitality. You know, only in Canada could two divergent groups get along so well where the French and English live in harmony. Vince, you've been to Quebec. You know that's not true. <laughs> it's like, yeah, there's some great fish in Quebec. I fucking hate Quebec. Someone get this guy a fucking poppers. If you know what that's from, 
I will love you until the day you die. Only in Canada, despite taxes and a falling dollar, man, that's still true, you're proud to say that I am Canadian, insert I am Canadian beer commercial here. Also, if you know that, uh, Slack, uh, maybe super Canadian fan, if you're both listening to this, you will get such a wave of nostalgia from those three words. That gets a mega pop. Damn right. I'm proud to say that I'm Canadian. Yes, the mega pop. The reason you're so proud is that you brought America ice hockey. Vince, we just call it hockey up here because it's the same. Field hockey, ice hockey, whatever we call hockey, hockey. And yes, you can say that you have won our Stanley Cup for the past 30 fucking years. I've heard it all. You bought America strong beer. In what universe is 5% strong beer? That's weak. And the word A. Then he encourages his fellow Americans to visit, but not live here. Mega booze straight away, Vince. (laughs) He's having so much fun just shitting on my country, and (laughs) I'm loving it. Even though, you know, deep down inside, I'm like, you son son of a bitch, I'm gonna walk up to him, offer him a six pack and a Putin and make him a peace offering. Chris Jericho interrupts with a Canadian microphone, a.k.a. one that doesn't work, and it's like, you'd think with a multi-billion dollar corporation, you can get a microphone that actually works, Vince. He wants to challenge Austin for the WWE title. Uh, Vince McMahon says, how dare you interrupt me, blah, blah, blah. Chris Jericho says, on behalf of Canada, could you please shut the hell up. He then mocks Vince and his toupee and says that, you know, you created two of the biggest sluts in the WWE. Your daughter and your personal private slut, Stone Cold Steve Austin. Ooh. Damn. No, no, no. Wait, 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 wait. I mean, your own personal private slut, Stone Cold Steve Austin. Yeah, (laughs) my reaction, exactly. And he's goes to Vince, like, you know, you think you can sing? And they bring up the 1987 Slammy Awards, Stand Back! (laughs) And you can see in the background, Hulk Hogan's on the bass. And it's like, where did you get that? Where did you get that? What did you son of a bitch? You want a title match? You've got it. But he has to face the big show for the hardcore title. Chris Benoit then joins Chris Jericho up on the ramp. And he wants a title shot too. You got a match with the big show for the hardcore title. Why not me? Why not have why not me have that shot with Austin, huh? I just can't stand back <laughs> and watch this. Then Vince books Benoit versus Rhino, but then he thinks about the two matches and says, hey, whoever impresses me the most tonight in your match gets 
a WWE title match with Stone Cold Steve Austin in this very ring tonight. And then they're like, hey, Vince, don't get angry. Just stand back and they bring back up the video and they cut to commercial with with stand back. It was freaking hysterical. I was not aware of that footage at the time. I didn't know that the Slammies were a thing before 1996. So that was uh, that was quite a treat. After the first break here, Howard Finkel introduces the Hart family, represented in the front here by Stu and Bruce Hart. Uh, Stu Hart would be receiving the highly prestigious Order of Canada in Ottawa later that week. Just an absolute legend and an icon in, in Canadian sports and Canadian heritage. Just awesome. And then Bruce Hart is there. I'm just like... I've been watching a lot of New Generation stuff as well, or listening to it on the Cultaholic Classic Raw Review side of things, and Stu Hart is always just a, just a little bit much, <laughs> to put it lightly. It's it's hysterical here. Uh, the first match of the night is the Hardy Boys versus X Factor. Eddie Guerrero is accompanying Team Extreme to the ring here, and he is wearing a Hardy Boys uh, arm sleeve. So maybe Eddie is trying to get into the good graces of Team Extreme, or he's trying to be extreme. And before X-Pac can even get in the match, the Calgary crowd is loudly chanting, X-Pac sucks. And when he gets the tag in the match, he gets big Big time booze. I want to know how and where this X-Pac heat really got it. I mean, maybe I think it started when he stole Kane's girlfriend, Tori, right out from underneath him. And since then, he was just an irredeemable douche. And I just looked to the right of me to the television and the Nashville Predators of Tide their series against the Carolina Hurricanes to a piece. My um, playoff bracket is starting to crumble at the seams. Who knows? Anyways, back to 2001 here. Matt Hardy is wishbone crotched right into the ring post. And Paul Heyman, yet again when this happens, because this has happened to Matt Hardy three times in the past two weeks, getting crotched on the ring post. And Paul Heyman once again says that this ruins another evening for Alita. Holy crap, Matthew, wear a cup, bro. Lita then returns the favor to X-Pac, crotching him right in his X-Sack, right into the ring post, uh, kind of tripping him when X-Pac was in the corner, gonna go do something, so Lita trips him up, X-Sack right into the post. And for good measure, Jeff Hardy... Apologize, that is my alarm I set for 6.50 p.m., not 6.50 a.m. Thank God my alarm clock went off this morning or I would be in such deep trouble. Jeff Hardy leg drops the crotch of X-Pocket. Look, it always looks like it's a midsection move, but come on, it's right up there with the Dudley Boys was up. It's, it's a move to the junk. 
there is a poetry in motion. A double superkick is denied as Eddie Guerrero gets involved here. A twist of fate on Xbox. Just incredible manages to stop the pin just in time. And while the referee's attention is diverted, there is a swanton bomb. And Team Extreme wins. Albert is going to get involved here and physically decimate Jeff Hardy, but Eddie Guerrero drop kicks Albert out of the ring. Backstage, Trish Stratus and Terry Runnels are at the makeup counter. Terry is spraying hairspray everywhere, and they're talking about, you know, Trish and Steve versus Perry, Saturn, and Terry, and, you know, uh, my man's gonna beat your man, and wait till I get my hands on you, girl. Tajiri making his first appearance in the WWE as the uh, the Dwight Schrute to William Regal's Michael Scott, the assistant to the commissioner of the WWE, just sitting there pouring tea, trying to hang a picture of Queen Elizabeth on the wall. When Albert comes in the ring and jump scares everybody, knocking the painting off the wall, breaking it completely, uh, William Regal says that that would get him flogged in England, and Albert wants a match with Eddie Guerrero, and hey, William Regal's like, yeah, okay, but I'm also going to ban X-Factor and the Hardy Boys from ringside. Fine by me. And then as he leaves, <laughs> Regal says to Tajiri, that man's got a huge head. Rhino versus Chris Benoit is the next match here. Benoit gets... A huge pop being from nearby Edmonton, Alberta, Canada, which, hey, if you're in Calgary, that's going to get you a pop. Except if you're an Edmonton Oilers fan, you'll be chased out of the Saddle Dome if, if that's the case. This is the Impress Vince match number one, and Chris Benoit's ribs have been targeted as he's been all taped up for the past little while. Excuse me, I, uh, I've been having some yawns coming on there. I've uh, been up since very early in the morning doing my morning shift at, uh, at my job. Chris Benoit's ribs are targeted throughout this entire thing. Benoit hits two German suplexes, gets blocked for a third, but then counters and hits a third German suplex. He locks in the crossface, but Rhino reaches the warps. Rhino gets the gore, but Benoit falls out of the ring with a lot of great ring awareness here. There is a superplex. Rhino hits a double A. Mwah! Beautiful spine buster for a near fall. And then he goes for another gore that is immediately and viciously countered into the crossface for the tap out win by Chris Benoit. Very Hard hitting, very stiff match here between these two. And in the uh, terrible comedy moment of the night here, Trish and Steve Blackman are backstage, and uh, Trish needs Steve to help her get ready, you know, to reach in the back and uh, get a zipper in the back for uh, one of Trish's outfits here. And there is that convenient, uh, what is that shadowy change room? thingy called it where you see the shadows of the silhouettes of people changing that divider thing i don't know what they call it but uh 
yeah, help me out with this. So they go behind the little shadowy curtain there, and uh, Blackman has his candlestick in his hand, and yes, you can tell where this joke is going. Grandmaster Sexay walks in and it's like, oh, that thing's so hard. Poke me in the back with it. Uh, she grabs it with two hands, and then Grandmaster Sexay is just like, <laughs> I'm just a man. I am merely just a man. Sorry, Zach. See Blackman and Trish versus Perry Saturn and Terry Reynolds. Perry Saturn is, of course, coming off of his um, concussed storyline. He's starting to break out into a little bit of his your welcome-isms, his um, brain damage. It totally here does not age well at all and what the heck is perry saturn wearing he's got like a fur coat a big douchey furry top hat thing sunglasses i think his beard is bleached he kind of looks like like a dollar store version of hulk hogan uh my goodness right away we got we want puppies chance trish Gets physical with Saturn. Uh, hair whips Terry. Trish hits a bulldog that just doesn't connect the right way. I don't know if it was Terry landing too soon or Trish not, not getting a good enough grip on Terry. But you can tell that through this, I mean, through these next few months where there's no women's title to be seen on Raw, that Trish Stratus is gradually improving her in-ring game, and it's it's going to pay off very, very soon. Saturn is tagged in. Uh, he was going to go for Trish because this was an intergender match, not a mixed tag team match. What the heck is the difference? Wrestling rules are weird. Uh, Steve Glockman, of course, gets tagged in here. Uh, goes for a Northern Lights suplex. I think, no, Perry goes for a Northern Lights, but no. Terry jumps on to Steve Blackman, who then spanks her and just yeets Terry right behind into Perry Saturn, right behind him. Just like a, a sack of uh, potatoes, like the North, like that uh, fall away slam that Scott Hall and, and JBL used to do. Trish hits a spear and behind the referee's back while all the chicanery is going on, Lance Storm, Calgary's own, Former ECW Tag Team Champion, former WCW United States Cruiserweight Hardcore Champion. Super Kicks Perry Saturn, Steve Blackman wins, and holy shit. We're here, folks. We are here. This is the reason I am reviewing Monday Night Raws from 20 years ago. This is the start the unofficial kickoff, the first shot of the invasion. Yes. Oh, oh it's been a long time coming. It's five months. It's, it's May 28th, 2001, and we are here at the invasion two months after Vince McMahon seemingly bought his own competition. No, Shane McMahon bought his own competition WCW is going to hit a big-time relaunch, and oh boy, we're here. Now, Lance Storm, 
he's one of my favorite lesser known Canadian wrestlers. You know, you know, we all love Bretton Ho and our Edge and Christian, Chris Jericho, you know, at this time, but not anymore. Chris Benoit. Lance Storm is just one of those unsung heroes. He is a technical wizard, and his Storm Wrestling Academy has brought us some of today's absolute best. A lot of people think that he was a little bit boring just because he had no personality, but he had all the talent in the world. I think to be WCW champion, it's something he should have done. They should have just done it once. I mean, WCW title changed hands, what, 37 times in the year 2000? They could have given Lance Storm one day. And that, of course, could have been at, like, New Blood Rising, you know, when Lance Storm won all the titles or did something or... He did something crazy in Canada, I know, in 2001 when there was a pay-per-view in Vancouver. He had all the titles just once, just one day even. It, even if he had to drop it to freaking David Arquette or Vince Russo himself, good lord, no. Uh, <laughs> it should have done something great with their Lance Storm. Absolutely loved him. And this is a good enough time now to take a commercial break, listen to some messages from all of us here on Wrestle Addict Radio. And when I come back, oh, we're going to be talking about a budding romance between Spike Dudley and Molly Holly. Chris Jericho goes for the Hardcore Championship against the Big Show, and we find out who impressed Vince the most and earns a WWE title shot later in the show. Who is it? Don't read the dirt sheets. Listen in and find out. My name is the Monday Night Delight, and my life has been pretty crazy. You see, I've been a wrestling fan since I was 10, and when I was 29, I started a wrestling show with my friend Mitchell called The Gift Podcast. You may have heard of it. It was great, but Mitchell met a girl that he thought was even greater, so he left the show when they got married, and I still love him. Anyway, I did the show by myself for a while, but that got hard, so I joined up with Rant with Ant and went to WrestleMania, where I met the Kings of the Rings, and that was awesome. Eventually, though, Rant with Ant went away, but Ant left us with Wrestle Attic Radio. Hooray! But then things got crazy in my life, and I decided to stop doing The Gift Podcast. For four months, I didn't do a show except when Goldberg won the Universal title from The Fiend. I mean, what was that all about? I was so mad and I had no outlet. It drove me crazy and I had to start a new show. The Delight Show. Every Wednesday, we talk about all elite wrestling, TNA, Impact Wrestling, pop culture, and if we really, really have to, the WWE. It's a fun time and I'd love for you to join me every Wednesday on The Delight Show on Wrestle Attic Radio, the cure for the common wrestling podcast. Bye! Welcome back to Fretzelmania 29, only in Canada. This portion of the show is brought to you by our Patreon, patreon.com slash WrestleAddictRadio, where you get exclusive shows such as my 20 Bell Salute, my 20-year look back on pop culture and pro wrestling. I just dropped May 2001, so I talk about Shrek, A Knight's Tale, and Judgment Day 2001, to name a few. King Ricky Rose's Tales of an Epic Nature. You get Willie T's Wrestle Wars. They haven't been updated in a little while. I think mostly due to uh, Peacock being stupid. America, I'm really, really sorry for you having to go through that. But all of his back issues are on there. Some back issues of the uh, Tales of an Epic Nature are on there. Fretz's Fay 5 is on there. I haven't updated it in a while myself, but I promise you I'll be having something for Fretz's Fay 5 very, very soon. Patreons also get 15% off of our merch on spring, and in the month of June, we'll be once again partnering with The Trevor Project to release Wrestle Addict Radio Pride merch featuring all of us 
Fretzelmania, Kings of the Rings podcast with Willie T, the Queen Bee themselves, E.K. Murphy, King Ricky Rose, Mr. YLP, the Young Lions Perspective, and Mance, the Delight Show. All of us have our regular collections and the month of June, the Pride Collection. So please consider helping out the Trevor Project and wearing some of that awesome, fresh Wrestle Addict Radio merch. Back in 2001, it's time to cross the border to WWF New York, and I'm not booked tonight. This time it's Al Snow who is there to plug Tough Enough. You know, we've been out filming Tough Enough for the past little while. This isn't going to be like any other reality show, although the only other reality shows that were popular at the time were things like Big Brother and Survivor and, and The Real World, shows that I don't really care for. Although I watched like the first maybe four or five seasons of Survivor, it eventually just, it got long in the tooth. I've always said they got to do a Survivor in like Northern Manitoba in January. Then I'll, uh, (laughs) then I'll watch it. The commentary desk then got this mysterious letter saying that tonight we are meeting the Undertaker's wife. This was not signed, and it was delivered by a courier. (sighs) Yeah, um, we're going there. Vince McMahon is irate at the security here. You know, how can you let that happen? Even though you're in Canada, you're Canadian tonight, you're working for me. And if WCW... Excuse me. Gets involved, you're fired. Kids, if you're going to impersonate Vince McMahon like I do, (laughs) hydrate yourself. Spike and Molly are backstage and they're like, you know, talking about, you know, Spike saying, oh, you look so pretty. And Molly's like, I hate that both of our families are fighting. I wish that we could all get along. Spike Dudley is saying that I'll never stop fighting for you. Goes in for a kiss. Nope. Kurt Angle cock blocks them and then educates Spike and Molly about the birds and the bees. It starts out with a kiss. Had it end up like this. It was only a kiss. It was only a kiss. (laughs) Then you have babies and your babies would be a disgrace to the human race. And then Spike Dudley's gimmick here is now standing up for his girlfriend. Don't you dare disrespect my girlfriend. Slap. Yeah, and then Kurt Angle beats the shit out of him. And then Molly asks for backup from the from the Dudley boys. And then unbeknownst to them, in the other side of the hallway, Hardcore and Crash are just walking and talking. They see the Dudley boys and say, oh, hell no, and then jump them. This makes the Dudley boys think that this was a setup by Molly Holly and Devon and Baba Ray are still adamant that she's trouble and goes to little brother Spike and is like, you know, no, save it. She's going through a table. She's getting it. Well, it's a hardcore title match with the big show against Chris Jericho. And then there is a big, huge sign in the crowd taller than the man himself. If I was standing behind this prick, I would have ripped this sign off because if you're going to bring a wrestling sign to a 
wrestling show, don't wave it in someone's face so the person behind you can't see. If I ever get to go to another wrestling show and someone has a sign in my face, I will rip it down in front of them. And then probably get kicked out and banned. <laughs> and that would be my short four-way and return into live professional wrestling. It says, China's long-lost sister, Taiwan, with Taiwan spelled T-H-Y-W-A-N. Now, I didn't say Canadians were a smart bunch, but <laughs> yeah, that's cringe. And Monday Night Raw tonight is brought to you by Chef Boyardee. Mmm, beefy. Stacker 2. We're not Ico Pro, and we're not steroids, but we kind of are. And Burger King. Something something Jerry Lawler joke, because Jerry Lawler is away. And we see a diving drop kick by, by Jericho here. All the chairs, the weapons, and the plunder. Uh, a gorilla press right into the ringside barrier by the Big Show. The weapons get brought into the match here. There is a bulldog into a chair, which is denied. And then Big Show just launders Chris Jericho into a prone trash can in the corner. And then he he gets Chris Jericho stomach first, kind of bent over a trash can, and is going to go for something here. He's going to go for a leg drop. Chris Jericho moves. Uh, the Big Show just leg drops and flattens that trash can with his ass. Jericho hits all the bin lids into Big Show's face. Big Show gets his 22-4E size boot into the head of Jericho. Show tries to go for a reverse suplex or a final cut or something like that and is denied. Show has the stairs in his hand. Chris Jericho comes off the top rope, hits a missile drop kick into the stairs, into the Big Show, a lion salt. We have a new hardcore chip. Chris Jericho won the hardcore title? Oof, man, that's news to me. Chris Jericho completes every title, not the light heavyweight, in the WWE with this win. And his celebration is short-lived as, as he is on his way up the stage, up the ramp. Rhino comes in with a gore right on the steel, right on the stage. And once again, the man-beast is the hardcore champion. Now, Eddie versus Albert here is a bit of an anomaly, at least on the network it is. I don't know how it is on... On Peacock, I don't even know how many retro Raws Peacock has. I haven't navigated through that network since I still had my subscription to NordVPN, which, by the way, don't ever waste your money on a VPN. That was the worst investment I've ever had was in a VPN. It, they just didn't gel with me. But while I na navigated Peacock, which is a freaking nightmare on WWE side of things, my Goodness, I'm so sorry, America, that you gotta sift through that crap to get to that. I still have, like, the OG network up here in Canada now, so hopefully Canada doesn't pull some shit with, like, Crave and 
completely botches it up like like that did. But some things started to happen here. Eddie's music malfunctions. I think this wasn't a mistake in uh, in the saddle dome, but then you could hear audio kind of changed and overdubbed and I think re-recorded. I think I know why it probably has to do, you know, with with Benoit. Uh, it was probably redone after he had died. It was it was still J.R. and Heyman, but the leveling was off here. Like normally you could get a good mix. I'm an audio engineer here, so I can't really um enunciate how how this works. Uh Will, I you're a little bit more adverse to um audio technician side of things, I think. So what if if you can watch this match on the network, uh May 28th, 2001, Albert versus Eddie. If it's on Peacock and Will, you're listening to this and you can. If it sounds off there somehow, let me know. Because to me, it sounded different. And I think there was overdubbed and re-recorded audio. And <laughs> Heyman calls Albert a big mashugana. You know, he's uh, breaking out his Hebrew here. Albert goes for a power bomb, but Eddie manages to do the punch reversal spot. Uh, JR here calls Albert a runaway locomotive. I think we got our first mention of a train at least three years, two or three years before he would start, you know, coming down the tracks. Lita comes out to distract Albert and hits. Eddie Guerrero gets the roll up win. And then the audio went back to normal. Like as, like as if I was actually watching it. So there was some weird stuff here. And I think at least for the next little while, I'm going to be getting that. You know, we have Chris Benoit on, on the raw timeline for about another month before his neck injury goes down. And in 2002, spoiler alert, when I start reviewing SmackDown after the draft, I think I'm going to run into a little bit of that right up until his uh, his death. So, yeah. Next up here was somebody voyeuristically filming Sarah. Oh, Boy, we get to talk about Stalker DDP now. It's like, this guy has his distorted audio, and it's all weird sounding. Oh, Sarah, I'm going to see a lot more of you. Creepy. And then backstage, it's like, the Hollies are going to put a Dudley through a table. And Molly is pleading with them that it's not Spike. Backstage are Chris Jericho and Chris Benoit. And Vince emerges from a Flames personnel-only room. Who died and made you Jerome McGinley, Vince? Seriously. I think exactly two people are going to get that reference. Austin wants you both. 
but I don't. Benoit, you get the nod. Uh, and then after all this, I want all three of us to have a talk because I want to know where you found that footage from the 1987 Slammies. And then, you know, Jericho and Benoit, they're starting to reminisce a little bit about Calgary and Mexico and Japan and WCW. Like, it started here. And tonight, when you get the WWF title, Benoit, I want the first shot. Uh, Vince McMahon walks into Commissioner Regal's office and meets Tajiri for the first time. And Austin says he has a brilliant idea for the main event. Oh boy. I wonder if it's going to involve Earl Hebner. <laughs> Holly's and Dudley boys here have a very hard fought back and forth match. A tables match that is. A six person tables match. Spike and Molly Holly are Romantically linked here, so they're not fighting much to the chagrin of both the Hollies and the Dumpies. Bubba Ray gets that euphoric trance. He gets that look in his eyes that says, I'm going to give that girl wood. So we're just done with phrasing, right? That's not a thing anymore? No, Sterling. It's not. Actually, it is. <laughs> phrasing. Uh... Molly Holly is about to get super powerbombed through the table, but Spike Dudley is pleading with his big brothers not to do it. But then he lies on the table to take the landing because or take the beating himself. But then the Dudley boys say, sod it. I'm going to put Molly through you through the table. They get the stretcher job and throughout this entire thing, just valiantly like spike dudley they're, they're asking each other like is molly okay no 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 it's it, no is molly okay and then molly's like no is, is spike okay my goodness it's like something out of a fairy tale and we see chris not mm, cut that and it's in triple h is talking about his quadricep injury and his surgery from uh, the legendary Dr. James Andrews, who worked on just about everybody in the roster at this point in time. And they say that, hey, you could be out of action for about four months. It would take another maybe seven or eight months for, for Triple H to come back. Because tearing a quad right from, right from the bone here. And even the doctors is like, you finished the match? Like, damn trips. You crazy. After watching that again, he managed to finish the match, hobble to the announce desk, take the walls of Jericho, and then finish the match again. And, and hit Stone Cold with the hammer accidentally to give Jericho and Benoit the tag titles. The balls, the intestinal fortitude and the professionalism all at the same time on Triple H here is kind of winning my respect just a little bit. And now we're on to the main event already. Stone Cold Steve Austin versus Chris Benoit. Vince McMahon is accompanying his um, slut to the ring. 
Stephanie is nowhere to be found. And Combos presents King of the Ring coming up in a few weeks. And Combo Snacks, oh man, they're so good. I, I wish I got more varieties of them up here in Canada. They're those little cheesy stuffed pretzels or cheesy stuffed cracker bits. But I love the seven layer dip ones. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm talking about Combos on a wrestling podcast here. Buffalo wing stuffed pretzel or the pizzeria stuffed pretzel as well. They're all good. Anyways, Vince McMahon introduces the special guest referee or not really special guest, but the referee for this match, Earl Hebner. Oh, you screwed Brett. You screwed Brett. And he has Howard Finkel do these outrageous um intros at least for stone cold steve austin it's kind of like the kenny omega ones for today and you see just a little bit of a sinister smirk on the texas rattlesnake he knows what's up austin sucks chants are going right away here and throughout the majority of this match steve austin is working the ribs there is a cross face but then there is a whole lot of plunder Chris Benoit gets the pop of the night, locking in the sharpshooter because Bret Hart is every time you're in Calgary, you're going to do something with the sharpshooter. You're actually you're either actually going to give it or you're going to take it phrasing. We see a suplex on the announce table that does not collapse. There is an abdominal stretch. By Steve Austin, but then he eats a bunch of Germans. He hits a superplex. Austin tries to go for the title to hit Chris Benoit with the title belt. Earl Hebner does not like it. He takes it away. There is a stunner. There is another title shot here. Vince McMahon, you know, he goes to shove Earl. No, on the Earl shoves Vince. There is a crossface. Austin then, eventually, after all this plunder, all this wacky stuff here, you know, where Earl Hebner shoves Vince McMahon, Austin locks the crossface on an unconscious Chris Benoit, who I think also got a title shot in the face here. My notes are all over the place there. I'm trying to take the bottom of the page just a little bit here. Austin hits the crossface and Vince McMahon immediately, immediately asks for Mark Yeaton to ring the bell. Oh, good God, a screwjob finished in Canada. Yeah, that's a cow that's going to get milked absolutely dry for the next several years in Canada. Yeah, um, it's the butt of our joke up here in the Great White North in uh, in terms of wrestling the screw job finish and Steve Austin retains retains thanks to referee stoppage because you just can't leave well enough alone. You just can't leave Montreal alone. <sighs> but that was a very fun episode of Monday Night Raw from Canada. Uh, I love watching old shows from network in in the Great White North, especially when they take place after the screw job, because we don't forget we Canadians are a forgiving bunch, but that doesn't mean we don't forget. I mean, if there was a wrestling show in 
Toronto next week. Like, let's see, where is Earl Hebner now? Is he in NWA? I think Earl Hebner is in NWA. So NWA Power did a taping at uh, Rico Coliseum, where the Toronto Marlies play, the American League affiliate of the Toronto Maple Leafs. If they had a house show over there, he'd get a smattering of you screwed Brett chants, and then he'd go and sell some merch out of the boot of his car, and he'd still go get his autograph, because he's Earl freaking Hebner. Man, it's funny. I mean, I'll, I'll laugh along with it. You know, at least, you know, I'm a patriotic, proud Canadian myself, despite the fact that I may not like what our government's been doing lately. I'm still going to wave the maple leaf, no matter what. Something I remembered from this was actually the table spot where Spike Dudley got put through Molly. Molly Holly got put through Spike, put through the table. And I actually remembered that because this is leading up to the build-up of King of the Ring 2001 where the Dudley boys would be broken up. Well, at least Spike Dudley would be broken off from his family and he would try to enlist the help of somebody to go up against the Dudley boys who would be the tag team champions by King of the Ring, if I'm not mistaken. Something I completely forgot, Chris Jericho winning the hardcore title. I know he... Won it for a cup of coffee at some point in 2001, but I had no idea it was this early. I rem After I saw the gore on the stage, it kind of came back to me just a little bit. I remember seeing this in highlight packages or something before, but I, I forgot right up until I saw the gore. Uh, something I would change, maybe? You know what? There was that one firing shot of WCW, but after Vince McMahon was like, you know, if WCW comes back again here, you're all fired. I just wanted to see like something stupid, like Sean Stasiak running into a door at full speed or some dumb stuff or like Kiwi running and dancing somewhere in the back or, or just something dumb or like, I don't want to see WCW here anymore. And then literally right behind him is like, I I, I don't know, Booker T or Kiwi or, or Lance Storm comes in and super kicks Vince. Now that would have been cool. That would have been fan-freaking-tastic. That has been it for this edition of Fretzelmania, folks. Please listen to all of us on Wrestle Attic Radio. We're the cure for the Common Wrestling Podcast. We are... Myself, the Fretzelmania Podcast, the Kings of the Rings Podcast, the Delight Show, and the Young Lions Perspective. Buy our merch, listen to us on Patreon. Next week, folks, we're... Holy crap, we're going to be in June next week, so we're leading up to King of the Ring 2001. I looked ahead a little bit into next week's show, and we got some King of the Ring qualifying matches, baby. Let's go! Thanks very much for listening, everybody. We'll see you next time. Cheers. Go Leafs go.